from Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. It was an incredible game. It was an incredible finish. And it was an incredible run for the Denver Nuggets. But maybe the most incredible thing that we saw through this entire process was the continued rise of a two-time NBA MVP in Nikola Jokic. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. Jokic wins the finals MVP, becomes the first player in history to lead the league in points, boards, and assists in a single postseason. Absolutely incredible night where they needed every ounce of what he had to give him. And it feels like, Harry, I cannot believe I'm saying this, but a two-time MVP who is now a finals MVP watched his legend grow even more. I can't tell you what's next for the Nuggets, but I can tell you it feels like Jokic has taken even another step in finally having his greatness acknowledged. Yeah, and I think on this playoff run that ended in the NBA championship alongside a NBA finals MVP, Jokic gained a lot more respect from people across the world. I'm not just going to say in the U.S., but across the world. Because, you know, there are people that watch Jokic play. They've seen him win back-to-back MVP. But on this playoff run, I think they were able to see Jokic in a different light when the spotlight is on him uh, big time. And he didn't disappoint at any moment during this playoff run and this championship run that the Denver Nuggets actually completed last night versus the Miami Heat. You talk about being poised in the moment and, you know, just being able to answer everything the Miami Heat um, was doing when they were trying to make their run and where they were up big in that game. And I can't help but think about the fourth quarter, right, when Miami went to that zone and Jokic basically eating that zone, zone up and making the necessary play, scoring 10 points in the fourth quarter, finishing with 28. But, you know, the 16 rebounds, just being the jack of all trades, right? Being the unicorn that he is, leading his team in more than one way, right? When you can lead in more than one way and other guys uh, see you doing it and, and, and can see you being the, the visual towards them, it's easy for them to come on board and say, you know what? I need to sacrifice. And when they were interviewing Jokic last night, passing him that MVP trophy, Everything came out of his mouth was, we, team, we have a great group of guys. It was never me, I, or what I did. And it speaks volume to, you know, the kind of player that he is, but also the kind of person that he is, Fitz. Yeah, the entire team seems to resonate his personality. I thought Mike Breen did a great job on the broadcast last night of pointing out the fire and energy we were seeing from Jokic. Because let's be real, he got in foul trouble early on this one. Two fouls early on, had to sit for a few minutes while they tried to figure out how to cope with that. And even when he came back, continued to play with an aggressiveness, continued to be fiery as a leader. It felt like much of the Nuggets team was tight last night. I said yesterday, Harry, that you know we have yet to see this team pucker up. Last night, we saw him pucker up, but the one guy that didn't pucker up, it just—it feels like you ever walk into a bar and you look over and you see a guy sitting in the bar and you're like, man, he's seen some stuff. Like, that's all I can say yep. about, like, there's just this level of Jokic where it's like, man, 
He's seen some stuff because none of it seemed to phase him. And look at his shooting percentage, 75% shooting in a finals. First player ever with 25 points, 15 boards, while shooting 75% in a finals clinching win. And let's remember one of his few misses was actually a heave at the end of the first half that almost went in, right? Like nothing seemed to be too big for him. He seemed calm even afterwards. This is what he said to Lisa Salters afterwards when she asked what it feels like to be at the top of the world. Now you are an NBA champion, Nicola. How does that Field. It's good. It's good. The job is done. We can go home now. <laughs> the job is done. We can go home now. Like that way. Harry and I are more excited about oh, a, a show. Like after a show, we're like man, good one today. Felt really good. Let's go. We're all juiced. He just won a championship. He's like, it's good. It's good. Uh, the job is done. We can go home now. But but, but Fitz, I think it speaks towards. <laughs> Like, Nikola Jokic, I'm not going to sit up here and say he doesn't care about basketball because obviously he does because he was a second-round draft pick, worked his way and worked on his game to be a two-time MVP and then now has a, cha- a championship and cha- uh, NBA Finals re- um, MVP on this resume as well. But I would say this, and it's great when you exhaust a lot of, uh, a lot of things into your craft. Jokic does exhaust a lot of things into his craft, but he doesn't forget simple things in life that's having fun being coachable being approachable loving his family and I think that's one of the biggest things I think about when it comes to Jokic is you see his two brothers there celebrating with them and he's sharing that moment with those guys giving those guys a kiss on his cheek because they probably mean so much to him you see his daughter as he's receiving that MVP trophy the look in his eyes the way he was looking at his daughter you know, embracing that trophy and embracing that moment said everything that I needed to know. And then, you know, Jokic just wants to go home. He just wants to go home and enjoy his family and his friends. But that's the human side of him, right? A lot of times we see these superstars and we see how they're always go, 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 go. You don't necessarily see the family aspect of it or, you know, things outside of basketball that they love so dearly. So that was huge for me, being able to see him cherish his family in that moment, but also praise his teammates and everyone else around him. And it was a never the spotlights on me. I, I, I. It's always look at the people around me. This is the village that I have. This is one of the main reasons why I'm here today. It's Fitz and Harry, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. And look, I, I think right now, if you injected true serum in the veins of a lot of MVP voters, they would tell you that this year there was sort of MVP fatigue. There was a question about whether Embiid or Jokic was going to get it for a lot of the regular season. Now that we've seen this run, obviously it is a regular season award. I cannot stress that enough. But I do believe that there are people right now that have had their eyes open to a level that if they went back and re-voted on the regular season, they might see it totally differently. That's why, as I started this whole segment, Harry, one thing I said is, look, look, I, I don't think dynasties exist anymore right now in the NBA. We've had seven different champions in the last 10 years. Everybody's going to ask what it means for the Nuggets moving forward. When I look specifically at Jokic moving forward, now we're talking about somebody that's going to come into next year with even more benefit of the doubt, even more of a Q rating, as they always like to say in our business, like even more of sort of a resonance with voters and with fans. People are going to pay more attention to the greatness we just saw through this run. This, that's why I think this is the beginning of another chapter for Jokic because he already has the two MVPs. But you can't tell me next year he goes in and repeats the exact performance he had this year, he'll be the MVP because now he's got even more eyeballs every single night that will simply come in from the outset saying, my God, you can't stop the greatness of Jokic. Like, it's just, it feels like his 
Andrews Brand takes another step, even if he doesn't give a damn about it, even if he cares more about living in Serbia with his horses, like his brand when it comes to voters, fans, attention in the NBA is all going to take another step this year. You know, I agree with you. And I would say this. I respect the hell out of, of, of Joel Embiid. And he deserved that sure. MVP award winner Agreed. because he led the lead in scoring, had 10 plus rebounds and four assists. And he was a dominant force. But moving forward, what we were able to see Nikola Jokic do in this playoffs and in the NBA Finals, I think moving forward, if a race is close like that again between Nikola Jokic and whoever it may be, I think voters are going to sway towards Nikola Jokic because what we were able to see during this playoff run, how dominant he is, how easy he makes the game look. And also on top of being one of the most unselfish superstars I think everyone has ever seen. Yeah. So all those things are going to play, a, play into a factor, play into factor when you're moving forward and it's a close race uh, deciding who should win an MVP trophy. Um, in, in, the, in the foreseeable uh, future. According to Caesar Sportsbook, already he is the favorite to win the MVP next year. He has the best odds at this point. The Nuggets, by the way, were 11-1 to to win the title at the start of the postseason on Caesars. That's the third longest odds at the start of the playoffs for an eventual champion since the, the merger, right? So you think about how little credit Denver was getting coming in. That tells you a lot of it. This is what Jokic said after the game, if you just you didn't think he was emotional on the court, this is his press conference when he was asked what his emotions are right now in the moment. It's good. I mean, it's good. Uh, we did a job. We did a job. Uh, uh, I think we played the best basketball. Uh, uh, in, in, ah, I'm, I'm not gonna say in a, in a, in a, in, a, in a postseason, but I think we were there. Uh, playing the best, best, playing the best basketball. You know, today we didn't make shots, but still we we defend. And uh, I think it's it's uh, it's a uh, it's a great journey, like you said, forty uh, first uh, pick. But to be honest, that doesn't matter. When you're here, you're a player, and uh, they have a couple guys that uh, not even drafted, and they're still playing and contributing to, to them to win. All I can say, Harry, is that much has been made about the fact that Jokic was drafted during a Taco Bell commercial, right? Yeah. We've all talked about that from the draft. I'm not sure Jokic is ever going to be the guy that sells Taco Bell for the NBA. He may never be the guy that has shoes all over the place. He may never be the big brand that so many players are. But the brand of Jokic last night took another step. And that brand and that step is only going to continue to grow because, frankly, he might not be this big emotional roller coaster. But what we saw on the court throughout this postseason run echoes what we've seen in the in the regular season. His play is undeniable. We're going to go to Denver to find out how the Nuggets fans are feeling after their first NBA title and why one person in Denver thinks it's just the beginning. That's next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. They're not going to foul. The Heat will let it play out. It's over. At last, the long wait is over. After 47 years, the Denver Nuggets can finally call themselves NBA champions. And Harry, the podcast. Sacrifice. 
championship. But I got news for everybody out there. We're not satisfied with one. We want more. We want more. I mean, as a fan, I have no idea what it's like to watch my favorite team win a championship. I'm going to be honest with you. But I can only imagine the only thing better than watching them win a championship is watching them win a championship at home. And that's what happened in Denver last night for the Nuggets. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. If there is one thing I know, it is that if you've listened to the show over the last few weeks, the bat phone has been answered every time by our buddy Zach By, co-host of Stokely and Zach on 104.3, the fan in Denver Zach, all right, let's just start there. Everybody's talking about how calm, cool, and collected Jokic was. Uh, you you obviously see all this go down. What was the reaction like for the city of Denver last night? The reaction was insane. The reaction was an absolute powder keg. Um, this is a fan base that has waited 47 years. And, and, and that's why I think like how lucky I am to be have my feet uh, on the ground here in Denver cover this team for the last six years and, and and that my own journey intersecting with this basketball team doing something that they've never been uh, or you know doing something that they've never done rather um the, the city is just like 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 this would sum it up guys in games three and four uh in miami ball arena where the nuggets play was sold out like, the arena was sold out for a game that wasn't being played in there. You, you, you couldn't get a ticket. I mean, that, that's how hot Denver has got uh, for this basketball team. And they've totally leaned into it. This has been a franchise that has really um, has had a major lack of success like on, on the big picture. But they haven't been bad, bad. They've been somewhere in between. And this, this following uh, a statement can really exemplify what I'm saying. Up until last night, the Denver Nuggets had made the most postseason appearances of any of our four major American sports without winning a championship. So they've been in the mix. They've been competent. But they just had never had what it takes to get over, uh, uh, you know, you know, get over the finish line. Because, guys, you know this as well as I do. The NBA it has turned into a very transient, free agent-based league. Uh, just you know, five weeks ago, the Phoenix Suns were the favorites to win uh, the Western Conference and to win the title. Kevin Durant signed a max year contract in Brooklyn, turns around, tries to get the whole staff fired, doesn't get his way, then says, I want out. Oh, and the only place I want to go is to Phoenix. And then he gets his way. That's the, that's the construct of the NBA. And I'm mentioning that because Denver has not shown the ability in the history of their franchise to land free agents. That's not the case with the Broncos, not the case with the Avs, but Denver has not been a basketball city. So what does that mean? You have to build it organically. You've got to hit a bunch of green lights, and that's drafting Jokic. It's drafting Jamal, and it's just – and I know I'm rambling here because I'm a little bit excited, but, I mean, this has been one of the most fantastic NBA journeys, and it's not just a journey to a championship. It was a dominant run. This is a 16-win, four-loss run to a title – only the 2018 Warriors in the last 15 years put together a better record on their way to a championship. And the way that they built it, just they didn't, they didn't cut corners. They didn't skip steps. And it's just it's a fantastic story that I'll tell my kids and grandkids about one day. And, Zach, the city of Denver, Nuggets fans all across the world were starving for one championship. One is what they got. But Michael Malone says he's not satisfied and they aren't satisfied with just one. How are they set up to win again next year? 
they're set up by just staying healthy. I mean, this is a group, guys, that in 2020 went to the Western Conference Finals. Steve Kerr said this past week, when we saw that group in 2020, we said, whoa, this group is going to be around for years to come. Well, what happened next is Jamal Murray rips up his knee. Michael Porter Jr. needed another back surgery. And their, their arc was disrupted because of injury. This is what it looks like when they have the full complement of their weapons. Jokic is coming back next year. Jamal is coming back next year. Aaron Gordon is coming back. MPJ, he's already signed up. He'll be back. KCP, he's coming back. Christian Brown, how about the rookie Christian Brown in game three, comes off the bench, scores 15 points. That's the most for a Western Conference rookie in the NBA Finals since Sam Cassell in 1994. He's coming back. I mean, the entire group, the entire playing group is coming back outside of Bruce Brown. Maybe they find a way to get, uh, get it done with him. But, 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 Harry, even if Bruce Brown hits the exit, do you think they're going to be struggling like they have in the past to find someone to fill that role? I mean, who doesn't want to come to Denver and play with this selfless, uh, egoless group um, that just steamrolled their way to a championship? And they are um, just a, a, fun, a, a fun group. And, and, yes, they are coming back. And, yes, the odds are out for next year. And, yes, the Denver Nuggets are once again favored to win the NBA championship. We're talking to Zach By, co-host of Stokely and Zach on 104.3 The Fan in Denver. Uh, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Uh, stick with that for a second because I was watching Get Up this morning. And one thing that Brian Windhorst echoed is that there could be some luxury tax implications as this moves forward. We all know Stan Kroenke, the owner, as the owner of the Rams. Stan Kroenke, the owner of the Nuggets, is there any indication that he's afraid to spend money? Dude's got it. He's the sixth richest owner in the NFL, right? Like, So he's got the cash. Is he going to be willing to spend it long-term with this team? Yeah, I, I think so. And he's, he's already shown the propensity to do it. I mean, uh, uh, Jamal Murray is on a max contract. Uh, Jokic is on a super max contract. Michael Porter Jr., they inked them up for the max. That's almost $200 million. Aaron Gordon, uh, uh, not a max player. Guys, he's on a $100 million contract. Like, they have, with their actions, showed you that they are all in. And I, I, I don't see any evidence why that wouldn't continue to be the case. I mean, typically these guys, once they get a taste of it, you only want more of it. And you've done something that's never been done. Um, and that ownership group, by the way, Winning a Super Bowl with the Rams, winning a Stanley Cup a year ago with the Avs, they, they own the Avs, and now winning an NBA championship. I mean, that is good, as good of a three-year run for any ownership group that I could ever remember. Um, and we're not affiliated with them at all, so I'm not pumping their tires for the sake of doing so. Um, just calling a spade a spade. So, yeah, uh, again, uh, Jason, judging by their actions, they're all in, man. They are all in. And by the way, they're basketball people. Even more than football or soccer or hockey, they own all these teams. But you know, Josh Kroenke, he, he was a college basketball player. So my guess is they are going to continue to go all in and try to, and I've been staying away from this word because I didn't think it's appropriate while you're getting the kids dressed for Halloween to ask them what they want for Christmas, like one thing at a time. <laughs> but now that, now that the championship has been won, I think it's appropriate to look ahead and say, wait, this team's not going anywhere for years. And now, guys, they know how to win. They used all the scars of the past to get them across the finish line. But once you get across the finish line, it's like you, you unlock what it takes. Transfer. 
Why wouldn't this group be around for years to come? But Zach, I want, I want to stay right there uh, lastly, right? Because, yes, I understand the Denver Nuggets are going to be hungry to win another one. But also, how do you think this team is going to re- be, like, respond to, you know, getting hunted versus, you know, doing the hunting? That's a great question. I mean, look, they're going to get everyone's best shot every single night. Um, but, but, but I'll say this. When it comes to the Western Conference, who would you forecast knocking off the new lion in the jungle? Now, the landscape will change, but Memphis sort of deteriorated and, and went away. The Kings are on the come up, but they're not going to be on the level of, of, of Denver. Who knows what's next with Phoenix? They're making big decisions. They'll be back. They'll reload. Um, the Warriors seem like their era has kind of come to a close. Maybe they'll prove me wrong in years to come, but it, it just seems like uh, you know, the very first time I came on the air with you guys, um, and, and, and thank you guys so much for, for opening your door for me because it's opening uh, up so many other doors, and just thank you for that. But the first time that we talked, I said in, in every life cycle of the jungle, every life cycle of the plains, that Simba grows up and turns into that lion. And I just don't see another lion that is as big and as strong and has the experience that Denver now has um, and then you add in their coach, guys. This is one of the longest tenured coaches in the NBA. It's Spolstra, Kerr, Pop, and Michael Malone. So, I mean, again, find me another core that's been together as long as Jokic and Jamal. Um, they might be the best duo in the sport right now. Um, and I think they're going to be perfectly okay with being the hunted. I, I think they want this, and I think they'll be ready for it. Um, so we'll see what it looks like. Obviously, I uh, don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but th- this team should be in the mix for the next three to five years. Jokic's game, you guys see his game. Does he go over the top of people and dunk on them? Does he fly around? This guy, this guy plays a grounded game. What, why, why would his game um, deteriorate? I mean, he doesn't play with athleticism. This guy should be able to play at this level for the next six to eight years. So I think they're comfortable being the hunted, but we'll see what it looks like next year. Well, to use your analogy, Zach, they don't have to wait any longer to be king. Uh, Zach Bai, co-host of Stokely and Zach on 104.3 The Fan. Always appreciate you, man. Keep hanging out with us. Congratulations on what's going to be the easiest day of radio you've ever done in your life. Uh, it's, this is remarkable to watch, man. We appreciate oh, you hanging out. I just out. can't wait, wait to, to be, be king. king. <laughs> yeah, baby. I absolutely love it. You guys made my year uh, with, with being as kind to me as you have. Thank you so much, and I can't wait to celebrate uh, at the parade. That's when, that's when, that's when I'm letting it all hang out. I could just tell you. Uh, absolutely, we'll be mortal enemies this football season because of the Broncos. But we love you, buddy. Thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate it. Zach By, co-host of Stokely and Zach on 104.3 The Fan, Fitz and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit progressive.com/careers. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
We would have liked to have been able to climb the mountaintop. You know, I told each one of the guys I love them, and I'm just super grateful that we were able to go through all of the experiences. I'm just grateful. I learned so much. They taught me so much, and I wish I could have got it done for these guys because they, they definitely deserve it. Go through adversity. Everybody's counting us out, and uh, you lose the first playing game and then win the second one, and then you go on an unbelievable run to, to the finals. I mean, it was a whirlwind. The story of the NBA Finals will always be about the greatness and the ascension of guys like Jokic and Murray. But there is at least a fair counter story to that about whatever the hell just happened with Jimmy Butler. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. HC, we'll get, to, we'll get to Jimmy in just a second. I just want to remind everybody tonight, as Christine Lisi just mentioned, Vegas can win the Stanley Cup. I'm going to get a bottle of champagne in my basement. That's my, my, my plan here is to watch it in the basement because when I watch it in the basement with the TV set up, they win. So I'm going to get a bottle of champagne, maybe just buy my own goggles, and then get ready to create chaos with Annabelle. Uh, any champagne popping advice? Because, like, you know, you've probably popped more bottles than I have. Like, do I really want to <laughs> shake it up first? Do I need to worry about my 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 eyes particularly should I shake the bottle and then point it to the floor when I open it up like is there a method to this madness what I'm shaking and it's going to be cheap champagne not expensive champagne okay so here's the thing okay I would say to you Mm -hmm. don't do champagne oh do the best liquor that you can probably drink okay of you know the brand that you like okay and I would say do about two or three shots popping the champagne because you're actually not there so, you know, taking a drink with some large, with a large ice cube and a nice, you know, glass cup and sipping on it because you're, 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 you're high with your leg crossing your little pinky in the air. You know, I think do that. That would that, be better in my opinion. This is a this is a shocking change. Gentlemen, I didn't tell anybody we were going here. I just Evan, Devin, I, I, I never would have thought of that approach. I thought, you know, maybe join in the social media fund, pop a bottle of champagne. Harry's saying I should instead, like, open a bottle of something. Like, maybe I'll, I'll stop at Total Wine afterwards and get a bottle of something expansive and have a little what's drink. It, what's the name of the place? Uh, uh, Total Wine. Total okay, Wine. Total and, Wine. Total Wine. Wine. You know, they, they've, got, they've got a bunch of stuff. you said Total White. I was no, about no, to say, no. why well, couldn't it be Total Black? <laughs> total. Yeah, that, that's good. I'm going to go into Total White to buy my liquor. It's going to be all course Light. Uh, okay, so, uh, Evan, Devin, are, are we? Do, do I go this approach instead? Something something fancy? I'm not a champagne guy. I don't like it. I don't, I don't like either. the taste of it. So, I, I'm with Harry. I like the liquor approach. Yeah, I think most people don't really, like... I mean, some people probably enjoy drinking champagne, but like, yeah, why don't you get something you really like, and, and that's how you celebrate. Okay. I mean, during football season, I usually crack open some Woodson whiskey that I have because of my love of the Raiders. There's a there's a Raiders bottle of Woodson whiskey. There could be a Vegas tie-in. I've got one of his numbered, like they, they did a numbered run of signed Hall of Fame bottles for Woodson that I've never opened. I could open that, or I could go to the liquor store and just like, I don't know, buy something. Like, I, I splurge on myself out there. Like I, like I'll tell you, like if, if I'm celebrating something big, um, I'm I'm either gonna have Don Julio 1942, ooh, ooh, ooh. yeah, okay, or okay. I'm gonna drink some Louis the Thirteen. I remember when my my wife got pregnant with my daughter, and I had all my friends come over, and um, I had uh, one of our rookies give a give me a bottle of nineteen. I mean, uh, Don Julio. I mean, Louis the Thirteen. 
Mm-hmm. And I had all my friends and that's what we sipped on by smoking cigars. Right. So that's the kind of that's the kind of direction you probably want to head. I, I, I want to be clear to every one of my friends. Uh, there is not a single friend in my life that I love enough to share Louis the 13th with. And by the way, if you ever needed an indication that wide receiver NFL money was different than fiddle player. Hey, man, music thank, money, thank, all I had to do is thank Corey Davis. That was one of my rooks. Oh, thank you, Corey. Hey, Corey, call me. Like, hey, Evan, you want to buy me a bottle of Louis Thirteen so I could? Okay, Evan just said no. Uh, Jimmy Butler is not doing a lot of celebrating today. And I think there's a fair and nuanced conversation on that because uh, realistically, I think we're, we're taking something really complicated and we're oversimplifying it. We'll get you some of what Jimmy Butler had to say. Plus, obviously, importantly, what does the demise of the Heat mean for the way that we will view this run, particularly by Jimmy Butler? We'll answer that question next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Contested three, missed it. Rebound, Bruce Brown. Miami has to foul. They do with 14 seconds to go. After 47 years, the Denver Nuggets are finally NBA champions. We would have liked to have been able to climb the mountaintop to be able to get that final win. You know, I told each one of the guys I love them, and I'm just super grateful that we were able to go through all of the experiences. The rise of Jokic's profile is undeniable. The rise of Jamal Murray's profile is undeniable. The rise of Coach Michael Malone's profile is undeniable. The rise of the Nuggets is undeniable. But what do we do with the fall of the Heat and their superstar? It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. And when we talk about the fall... I mean, just the fact that I'm saying superstar around Jimmy Butler's name today has been debated on shows. Is Jimmy Butler actually a superstar? Why? Because, frankly, for whatever reason, whether it's because of an ankle, whether it's because of a knee, whether it's because of fatigue, when we expected Jimmy Butler to have playoff Jimmy game, a Himmy Butler game, he just didn't have it in him. This is what Jimmy Butler had to say, Harry. I want you to hear this. Tell me what you think about what the biggest takeaway was from this season. Probably how how grateful I am to be able to compete with these guys. You know, you never know what the team's gonna look like next year or the year after that. Um, I'm, I'm just I'm just grateful. I learned so much. They taught me so much, and I wish I could have got it done for these guys because they they definitely deserve it. Um, but the one thing that I, I'm gonna take from it is how grateful I am to be able to compete with them. Well, I would say this: like you're, you're always gonna be grateful because. You're not guaranteed anything. Um, We all know injuries play a big factor in a lot of things when it comes to people's careers, whether it's professional sports, college, high school, it doesn't matter what it is. So whenever you're able to go out there and and play the game, um, 
having that grace and, and, and being thankful to be able to do so um, should be at the top of a lot of people's list. Now, let me get to this game, this game uh, five last night. Jimmy Butler had eight points, Fitz. Eight points with four minutes and 29 seconds to go in the fourth quarter. Nor did I think he was decisive in what he wanted to do. He did miss a ton of shots before he hit those 13 points in a row. But for some odd and apparent reason, Jimmy thought in a game that was an elimination game for the Miami Heat, that he can just cruise control until the last four minutes and 30 seconds. And when you have a guy like Nikola Jokic on the opposite side, on top of it being an elimination game, I don't think you can have that mindset. So what does that mean moving forward for me? I think the Miami Heat needs to find someone else to go alongside Jimmy Butler. And I also will make the point is Tyler Hero was really missed in this series because I thought Denver ramped up their defense um, a lot more outside of games one and two. And it really showed because you didn't get anything from Max Struess. Gabe Vincent wasn't the player that he was all playoff long in the NBA Finals. And you really started to miss that guy that can just get you a bucket any type of way in Tyler Hero. So I say that to say, moving forward, I think Jimmy is good for when you want him to try to close things out. But I don't think you need to put so much tax, so much taxation, you know what I'm saying, on his body throughout the entire season and also throughout the duration of the playoffs. Because you're going to get to a point of where, like we've seen in this series, in which he never really put his imprint on this series at, at any moment. Fitz, I think you, you end up with situations like that when you have a guy that's the age of Jimmy Butler, but also you don't have that secondary guy or that other guy that can be a 1A and Jimmy be a 1B to compliment him. I think the problem here, partially, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, is the way it all looked, right, and the energy you expected. There is a an expectation when we say the word superstar, and I do believe Jimmy Butler's a superstar, but there's an expectation when you're a superstar that somehow, some way, you can rise from the ashes, right? Like somehow, some way, you can lift your entire team. Now, you make a great point that he didn't score uh, enough until there was four and a half minutes left in the game. What I couldn't figure out watching the game was, was he conserving for what he thought he was going to need in that final push, which, I, I mean, it, at some point, we kept looking at him saying, is he right? Is it the ankle? Is it the knee? Is is it the, just the overall gas out of the tank? But those aren't questions we usually allow ourselves to ask of superstars, right? Like, we're very unforgiving in that key moment when it's the biggest game at the biggest time. The superstars have to come up the biggest and but, the hardest. But stop, but, but stop right there because I agree with what you're saying. But remember last night when they had the ball, it, Jimmy had the ball, and he was the guy that was going to make the decision? There was indecisiveness in that moment, and he turned the basketball over. The very end of the game, yeah. Like yes. He, he almost traveled. He was so busy trying to figure out what the hell to do. And, and probably wasn't traveled. He probably uh, just yeah. didn't call it. I mean, we've we've seen that before where there's indecision when he gets to the lane. Like, for whatever reason, I don't know if he doesn't trust his body or if he's just in a weird funk, but, like, there was indecision. They kept saying on the broadcast, pull up and go for these mid-range jumpers. That's like, it. I felt like the Nuggets at times were daring Jimmy Butler to take over, and whether he didn't have it in the tank or whether it just wasn't there he couldn't do it and and we won't know the answer to that for a long time so what happens is when you watch somebody just will his team to victory over and over and over again it becomes this sensational incredible story but if you don't finish 
It doesn't matter. Like that's just that's just real to the way we talk about sports. Like I've used this analogy with you before, Harry. If you have to single-handedly carry all three of the rest of us on a show up and down a relay race, and then all of a sudden for the last quarter of the race you get to dump us and go run yourself, we don't remember the why of you you ran out of gas. We just remember you ran out of gas, right? Like I, I don't know the right way to to evaluate what we saw long term for Jimmy Butler because frankly. All we remember so often is championship series. And in a championship series, Jimmy Butler couldn't come up big enough for his team. In a close game, they didn't lose by 30. They lost by five. In a game that was a one-possession game with seconds to go, it was his turnover that really ended this thing. Like, those things are going to be scorched into our memory. They're seared into our memories. And that's what we're going to remember about him until he finds a way to get back over that hump. And look, I, I get it because, you know, a lot of people are going to say, well, he wasn't 100 percent. He had the ankle or whatnot. I, I, fit to, I get that. I get it. Right. I, I played for 10 years in the National Football League. You know how many times I played with Roddy White and technically he shouldn't have been playing in a damn game, but he still goes out there and has 140 something yards and two touchdowns for us because he gutted it through. If you're out there, you're out there. Yep. You're out there. That's one, that's one of the things that makes you different from the rest of the pack is that you're able to play through things because you have a high pain tolerance and you can get through it. But if you're going to be out there, be aggressive and be decisive. Don't be indecisive and in midair making these crazy passes because you don't know if you want to pass or shoot. It's almost unfair what we expect of superstars, but then... That's part of the reason why superstars are so like rarely labeled as such. You know what yep. I mean? Like, it, it, you're right, and everybody's right that there's nuance to this conversation, and his health absolutely matters. We may never get the answer to that. We might find out in a few weeks, and that's important context. But part of the reason there are so few people in the world called a superstar is because they seem to be the chosen few that somehow, some way, rise above when the odds are not in their favor. We did not see that last night from Jimmy Butler, and that's going to be a lasting memory he and the Heat will have to deal with. Coming up, one person not getting enough credit for the Nuggets championship. We'll talk about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 